Today's guest is one of my favorite people in the whole world who I don't get to see as often as I would like to. Uh, Mark Herm, better known as Chirp, is a professional poker player. Uh, last time I saw him actually in person, we recorded a podcast uh, for my old show. Um, and really great guy. We reconnected uh, recently, I think it was last week, um, when he uh, took another One Taste course. He and I met in One Taste and went deep into that a long time ago. And he hit me up because he, he did this course. You know, we, we, we speak in the episode about what we got out of it and some of the negatives too. But also, I mean, he, he went back into this world and recognized how he hasn't been living as vulnerably and then perhaps as mindfully as he wanted to. And in this episode, we, we speak, I mean, I think we both like admit a lot of our faults here about, uh, going on a spiritual path, path and how the ego gets tripped up and suddenly spirituality becomes this very egoic thing. We also, you know, we run the gamut of, we will go on a many tangents about finances and child rearing and, and abortion even and ayahuasca and various stuff. Really fun episode. Great guy. I really hope my next episode with them get to do in person. Um, but this dude's awesome. Love him. Great energy. Uh, this is episode 11. Oh, we, yeah, we're in double digits now. Episode 011, Mark Herm. We'll call this episode uh, Skrillaging. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, Perpetual Orgasm, Infinite Play. Please subscribe on iTunes and enjoy the show. Almost live. Now we're live. Sure. Yeah. What up? What up? Um, man, we, me and you haven't really talked much in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, but we talk like once a year, and I always feel like it's profound. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always. <laughs> Other than like a couple weeks ago when you hit me up, uh, I think the last time we actually hung out was the last time we did a podcast, also, which was like a year and a half ago on New Year's. And that was super fun. A lot of people hit me up afterwards, like, oh, who's that chirp guy? Like, he sounds super fun. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. So we'll see. Um, but you reached out recently because uh, we, we were having a fun conversation, just why I want to do this again about like, well, I mean, about life, but about like, you know, going back into vulnerability and like one taste stuff. And I don't know, we could start there. Or we could just talk about whatever we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I can give a breakdown of like for me. Yeah. Me and you, me and you had a life in one taste where we were living this like conscious lifestyle, trying to be vulnerable, trying to be authentic as possible. Nonstop. Um, yeah, nonstop. Like mm -hmm. no, no breaks. Um, you know, deal, talking to a lot of aware people, which was awesome. Um, getting worked, I think, often. Like, I think it was very. Uh, it's a. It's an intense process of like sort of like pain and uncomfortability and all the stuff where I think you grow a lot as a person. And then, so me personally, I've been out of it for since like 2013 at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but I always have taught. I have brought a lot of the methodologies. And, and whatever to my life, trying to be vulnerable and stuff like that. But but it's easy to lose sight of it. I think I, I've lost sight of it tons, especially when I get in my poker world with my poker friends and some guys that aren't into the same sort of thing as me. It's hard for me to connect sometimes with guys that I really love, but like they have differing views on life and stuff like that. So yeah. so I turn off. I turn off a lot in terms of vulnerability. It's it's hard to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. You know. Well, when I when I left One Taste. That maybe the year afterwards, I was like really frustrated with everyone. Like I just thought everyone was like an idiot. Like because like everyone I would hang out with. I mean, I met a lot of cool people afterwards who didn't do that stuff. But you know, the the places you hang out or being at bars, watching TV that I didn't care about. Like no one's like talking like super vulnerable the way that we were in that like little world right. of spiritualness. 
Uh, but I think after a while you get over yourself. I think part of it, part of what keeps you in that world is like your ego being like, oh, I'm more awake than everyone else, which is the opposite of being awake. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's like not compassion, not judgment. So you just, just end up judging people who don't join your world. That's right. whole yeah, you're one of the thing. typical spiritual people, people that are above, above other people. And we yeah. all have to a point. You know, I, I yeah. think, oh, my God, this guy's like nowhere close to my awareness level. Like I just yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot, you know? And, I, and my friends are annoyed, but I think my friends can feel that on me and they're annoyed by it. You know? Yeah. I don't, that's not a good look. Like that's I think, thing. yeah, I think I was definitely pissing off a lot, especially when I was in one taste. And if I did hang out with my other, like, I would just like, you are full of resentment right now. Like, it's like <laughs> stupid shit like that. <laughs> and, and, and I still think that sometimes, like, you, you just can't tell people certain things. And, and how do I know? Like, I, I mean, I do think I know when I read yeah, that. We think people. we know. We might not. We might not know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know. I'm pretty, I mean, because like when I hang out with like X one taste people or people who are conscious from something else, like authentic relating or like circling or like there's a million other communities like that. You can talk like that with those people. So yes. I think there's something there. We probably sound like huge douchebags right now to someone who's just a random. Yeah, whatever though. I don't care. Um, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> also, me too. I know when I'm speaking authentically and I'm living a consciously authentic life, I feel more in my body. Like I, yeah. I just feel, I, and I feel better. Like I just feel it, it could be tough, but also I feel way more alive, way more energy. Like all right, like I'm living life. Whereas when not, I feel like eh, like I'm just like fucking existing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean that's the real point. It's not like comparing yourself to other people. Right, we're just um, trying to feel good. We're trying to feel good. Yeah, but I'm thinking like where this really came up for me because like I, don't, I mean I like doing the normal stuff. I like drinking and watching football sometimes. Like I can get along with that. The thing that really bothered me for a while was like women who weren't like super conscious of sexuality, and which is normal, which is fine, which is the type of women that I really appreciated beforehand. But I'm, I got really used to women who like would get off on like giving and like. You know, they took ownership of their orgasm with quotes around it. And then like, you have sex with someone who has sex, like a Cosmo magazine talks about, and you're like, what is this? What is this shit? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's also another ego nonsense. Yeah. And it's, it sort of comes from a selfish place for us as guys too. Yeah. That like love sucking dick. And like, we want, yeah. you know, we want like, we want all the shit. Whereas like a lot of girls or women in today's day and age aren't, haven't progressed to that level where they don't know, they don't know the ins and outs of the, some of the things that we know about sex. Yeah. Still so conditioned. But even, even on like to call myself out, like I stopped having porn style sex, right? Like once I started having conscious sex with quotes around it. Um, but like, I can't have porn. Like for a while I, I couldn't, like I, I would like, I'd be so sensitive that would come like immediately if I tried to like have sex the way I did in college and then I'd be embarrassed. So I would kind of like blame her to get over my embarrassment. Right. But it's also nonsense. Anyway. Yeah, a lot of nonsense. But I'm glad that but what I did learn eventually after like being an idiot for a little bit was that if I'm actually doing what's right, you said this already, like being conscious turned on for me, like doing the right thing. It kind of invites the other person to do that. Like just in communication, like if you're vulnerable and you're you're not expecting the other person to be vulnerable, other people will feel like opening up to you. Like people open up to me all the time. Like I never told anybody this, but I'm like, yeah, I'm telling you all my shit. So I know I didn't get that a lot, right? I get yeah. that. I get that so much, especially with women that I'm interacting with on, the, on that level, for sure. Mm. You know, and yeah, and I'm just like an open book when it comes to that. Whatever. I told this, I told this girl that I fucking had a jizz stain on computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you know, and I think people like, they, they might like think it's crazy, they might, whatever, but they at least will feel comfortable with you. And comfortable yeah. With you. And I think what I appreciate. I'm so grateful for that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That we can, we're like that. I used to be terrible at relating with, 
with females especially now i just feel like i'm just like a no filter motherfucker which feels epic you know yeah i have a new bravery with like uh emotions specifically because if you're when you're around like the ohm community where everyone's doing that like now i'm just like fearless like if someone gives me like a stinky face for like sharing too much i'm like this is just your fear i mean it's true right that's why we shit on people um so that's cool yeah, that's a, that, that's a great point, man. I'm really starting to like get into that more. Like that's a yeah. tough thing for me, like over like sharing and like whatever, and then like not reacting to people's reactions and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. yeah. The one place where I get stuck is with my family. Like after one taste, I was like trying to like, really open up to my my dad and my brother, like to the men in my family, and like they would give me the stinky face, and I still feel shitty. Like when my little brother like thinks like I'm a I'm a pansy because I talk about emotions. I'm like, ah, oh, I wish you didn't think I was a pansy. Yeah, it's hitting you at all those places. Yeah. Yeah. But if any 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 other dude thinks I'm a pansy, I'm like, you're you're clearly the one who's like emotionally blocked up. Yeah, I get really stuck in that regard with close friends that aren't on the spiritual pick. Yeah. And then family members and I judge the fuck out of myself for it because like I just think that I'm a fraud, basically. Because mm-hmm. I've done all this authentic relating. And then, like, a lot of the relationships in my life aren't really that authentic. Uh, you know, 100% authentic. Yeah. So I just, I, I beat myself up for that tons um, because I can't connect and break through. And, you know, and a lot of people that aren't even in the authentic world, they have really great relationships with family members and stuff like that that are really authentic, that are, like, awesome. Yeah. It's like, why have I done all of this shit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, but I, I, that being said, I think a lot of it's, that's bullshit. And like we have progressed a ton as, as people. That's, that's sweet. Yeah. And people really have their things. And like you wouldn't get into self-help if you didn't think you needed help. Like I hate that facts, but like my friends who like had like great upbringings and were always confident, like they would never go to a, a personal development webinar, like seminar. They, they would never like meditate because like they, you know, they but at the same point, without that pain point, you don't go on the adventures as someone who thinks they need it, go on. So I, I appreciate the adventures. I'm glad I was fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I and I believe so. Like just like like the soul's progression or like different people's life path. Like ours clearly is like growing a lot, right? Like we're mm-hmm. trying to grow as people, right? Whereas I think a lot of other people aren't really like that. They're more like like whatever, and that's their like soul's like choice or whatever or something like yeah. that. That you know, and and that we're it's, it, but it's ego to come from. It's easy to come from a place of ego with that. Right. Like I'm a grower, you're a fucking. <laughs> no, but I do think. I mean, I I think a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I do think you only choose to put yourself at risk if you're in pain. Because if yeah. you kind of got your shit in order, you're not going to mess up. You're not going to quit your job or like take an unconventional path. Like you got to yeah. kind of be in pain to like. And, and then, then you want to compensate for being inferior by doing something superior and having a big ego about it. I think that's normal too. Like kind of like what, how we're talking a little bit. Right. And, but then also what I would, my argument to that would be is like, fuck, this is bad. Uh, my argument to that would be um, that like, it was just in us. Like the, the, the desire the, or the pain was put into us by something like our soul wanted us to have a pain so we could grow you know like you could say that like oh well, this is this is why i'm, I'm like this way yes i did have this we otherwise we wouldn't operate from that space like we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't fix something that's not broken so i don't know it's kind of confusing yeah i don't know i i i've uh, i've gotten used to saying i don't know to things a lot because everything every time i think i know i find out i don't and then i feel shitty about it <laughs> so yeah yeah especially life is crazy life is bizarre man it's so and like the like getting stuck in the ways that we think like i think that i'm right a lot 
And then I see someone else that thinks that they're right a lot. I'm like, wow, this person's fucking crazy. And so, like, you know, like, yeah. And also, like, reality is subjective. Like, like when you talk to, like, I, I have friends who, like, believe in conspiracy theories. Not to say that they're all false. I'm sure some of them are real, but some of them are ridiculous. And I'm like, well, that's just the reality they live in. And it's right. like, whatever. It's, yeah, alternate reality. Flat, I guess, to you. <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, so real to them. But I, I have, I've been talking to this one girl who's, like, on the spiritual plane. And, like, it's crazy, I think, how much we, like, convolute our... Or, or, or get disorganized our intuition and then our like brain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like we've had we've had a lot of cool experiences from our intuition. I know I have in different things where like intuitively something felt like this and it had it actually ended up being true. But then like we get overconfident, I think, and then we just yeah. think we think is the fucking shit. And in reality it's like like and I see it in everyone, like even people that I, I really, really respect. And that and, and my friends my my one good friend gave me gives me this inside all the time he's like he's like you're crazy man you always think that you're right about these things and a lot of times you're just not and like i believe i believe him i believe him on, on some level you know that we're like we're yeah like it's tricky because even like with positive thinking which is a pretty like tame normal thing like everyone agrees thinking positive is good to different right. degrees right even, yeah, even people that aren't even close to like the spiritual plane yeah. yeah i mean just like thinking positive obviously they'll make you happier but like so it works, but then it puts you in a lot of these traps if you start denying evidence or not taking action because you think you're calling in shit right. or something. Right, you know? totally. I know. And it's like, just be positive. And like my friends that are like sort of negative times, like just be positive, like whatever. But in reality, I think a lot of times they're right because like they're just being reasonable. Like they're just being like, oh, well, like, for instance, I'm talking about like Bitcoin. Like my one friend, I yeah. like one point today, and I'm like, dude, like why are you being negative? This coin's going to go to the roof. But like in reality, he, he more times than not is, is more accurate than me in assessing things, I think. So, yeah, who knows? Does he live as an exciting... Does he live... I think exciting, maybe not. From a place of, of more enjoyment, I've been thinking about this a lot. From a place of more enjoyment, probably. Like, huh. if, he, if he has a meal, he's trying to enjoy that meal. If I have a meal, I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to eat... Uh, I'm trying to eat energy and, and then also get healthier <laughs> and like... And like, you know, I'm eventually going to be fixed from eating this salad. You know what I'm saying? That's how I think. Like, it's crazy. It's like everything is goal-oriented in my life. Ton, you know, I'm really type A. I'm really goal-oriented, like whatever. And like a lot of these, my, my one good friend in France, he's really like about enjoying things. And I'm really trying. And I'm like, well, I don't have that much enjoyment in my life. Like often, you know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm, I'm doing things that I think are making me feel good. But like, are they really? Are, is yoga really helping me that much? Is like, you know, all this shit really helping me so much? So I'm... I'm trying to be uh, conscious of what's actually. Yeah, happen. every time, every birthday I have, like my last like three birthdays, where I've like sat and thought about my life, I'm like, why am I trying so hard to do shit? Right. Like my my 28th birthday, I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop reading. I'm gonna stop meditating. I'm gonna stop doing everything. I'm just gonna drive Uber and like be a simple dude who eats ice cream sometimes. And I actually was a lot happier. Uh, but then I looked at like my body and my goals, and was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of want to do things. Again. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's like a happy balance in there yeah. somewhere, you know. But for you, I would say that for sure. Like, you're super type A. You're like mega type A, right? Yeah, I don't realize that because I, I, I look at other people who are more type A, usually, you know, right, right. and I'm like, like fuck. I'm, I'm lazy yeah, as so fuck. <laughs> you're, you're one of the most type A people I've ever Really? Seen, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Huh. No doubt. That's interesting. I, I do so much but, chilling, though. I think. But I'm like chilling hard. I schedule yeah, my chilling. When I, when I knew you, you, you were, you know, Doing a hundred push-ups before bedtime. Doing you know every every ounce of your day was scheduled. Yeah, like it was a 
Actually, my, 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 my calendar is like that again. <laughs> is everything scheduled? Yeah, for the most part. I think a lot of that is, and I've seen other people, I think a lot of that is like a, a, a chicken that's running around with his head cut off, hmm. trying to, trying to like get it all to work, get it all to work. But a lot of it's just like nonsense. Like a lot of it's just like, it's just like almost like crazy. For you, it's, you don't really seem like delusional to me. Yeah. But like, I know for me, I'm like, I need to do this, I need to do this. And it's like all like running around for nothing. Yeah. I mean, when I'm stressed about my schedule, I'm like, actually, I don't, all this stuff I put in, I mean, I'm self-employed. None of this I have to do. Like, I think I told you last time we talked, like a couple weeks ago, I was just like, I'm canceling everything. And all I did for like two days was eat chocolate chip cookies and read. And I, for two days? Yeah, basically. It was great. Wow. It was fucking great. What a, what, a, what, a, what a crazy thing to do. Like, I've done it for like weeks. I think. For really? like where I'm doing, oh, okay. doing nothing. It's all, it's, all, it's all relative, obviously. But yeah, you're like really tight there. Huh. Well, but I got this new, <laughs> I got this new type A thing, Google Goals, where you can like, put in what you want to do. Like the, I want to like work out three times a week and you just tell the calendar that, and then it figures out the best time for you. So to me, that was like, Oh, that's super type B because like, I'm not actually saying what time I'm going to do it, but I guess I know, I know, I know. I'm making fun of myself. But there's nothing wrong with being, there's nothing wrong with being type B. Yeah. Like, if I would be one, one way or the other, I would be way more goal driven and stuff like that than not. Obviously. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm just wondering. Like, I'm just remembering that the same person who said they enjoyed our last podcast was like, "You guys sounded like really condescending to people who work nine to fives. And I'm remember, I'm remembering what he said, and I'm thinking that now it might, might be the same thing. Yeah, I, I, we are, I, probably because that's not how we operate. We don't yeah, but I don't mean to be condescending. I'm definitely not better. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much of. Yeah, everyone's a product of. I don't feel like I don't feel shame about it. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just a product kind of coming up, I think. And people that have nine fives, I don't judge at all. I just think that's the reality and that's all that they can do. If that was me, that would be me. You know what yeah. Like if that was if I if I grew up in their reality, I would be having the nine five too and I would be and I would be whatever. Yeah. I'm interested in what you said about your boy who uh, who really enjoys the meal that he's eating. And I, I'm trying to get back to that that place because like that is like all, that is actual spirituality, like just enjoying what you're doing. Like going to the the factory and working and, and really paying attention to what you're doing. Like that Actually, it's more fulfilling yeah. probably than like a 90-day yoga challenge or something. Like shit. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like goal-oriented. Yeah, and this guy, he always does what he wants. Like, kind of, like he's always trying to like, you know, enjoy every facet where like a lot of times I personally, I know I turn off to like, oh, whatever. Like I just have to do this task. And mm -hmm. he's like trying to have fun with it. You know what I'm saying? And it's not coming from a place of like, he's not forcing himself to have fun. It's just like how he is. You know? Yeah. Wait, so, so what do you do? Like when you're not, if you're not like playing poker, like, what do you do? Like, in a, like what are your tasks? So my tasks are like what I'm trying to get done is like yoga okay, uh, or like some other form of working out. Um, I, every morning go to, this is, I think really great for me. I, every morning I go to, to Starbucks, get a coffee, get caffeinated. And I write, I write um, like gratitudes sort of. And then it's also like beyond gratitudes. It's like things that I want that I am trying to like manifest mm -hmm. sort of feelings um goals um just like changes in my reality Did you do that this morning yes do you mind sharing some of them i'm curious sure um oh you got them right in front of you so yeah like write it write it down every day these are like going to be pretty uh vulnerable probably. um i say uh, dear god i'm so grateful for my improved and changed state of being how i'm way more content and happy and seeking joy because i felt that recently like, i felt like much more happy much more like actually trying to live life like enjoyment rather than whatever. And it, that, that's also like me sort of trying to manifest more hmm. like 
You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of these that are written um, are it's good to write them out to like get moving. But what I'm really trying to do when I'm doing this work is is the feeling yeah. behind feeling. You know, and, so, and when it when it tries to feel forced, I try to like back off a little bit. But like, I'm a big believer. I think I can manifest anything. Like I told you this before. Like I think I can. Like if I wanted to make five million dollars between now and the end of next year, I think I could do it. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's not really in my goal. I mean, maybe that's a cop out for me because like I don't really care to do it. But like I, I just think I could if I really put all of my my energy into it. In, in my most experience, my my most um, like the easiest ones for me to see that I can manifest is like getting getting sex okay so like like if i haven't had sex in like i don't know how long a long time for me a couple weeks or something like that and then i'm just like i can just like manifest that i write it out and like, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it would feel like two two days like two days for sure and like in bizarre ways like i had i remember one time i had this girl like hit me up on tinder and like drive drive like an hour and a half to see me like and like you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's just crazy crazy stuff but i think the more i do this i said okay so i'll, I'll do a, a few more I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the connection and love I feel. I'm so grateful for me being a great dad to Luca and our connection deeply strengthening and my roots are deep. I'm so I'm so grateful. I have the best day of my life ever and I'm totally calm with Luca and just having the best time ever. I'm so grateful me and him have the best time ever. And it's a lot of times parts of my life that I want to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like I'm trying to like put a lot of positivity into because with me it can be very stressful with me. So that's why I'm saying I'm grateful. Yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. That, that's a, uh, it's funny because every time I, the subject of kids comes up with me and, and, and whatever, I, I, t- I talk about like, oh yeah, I hung out with my boy Chirp and his kid for an entire weekend. And it was like the most peaceful I ever, I had felt in like a long, the longest time, but I guess you were stressing out. I guess it I was, wasn't my kid, but I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I love being around kids, but when it's my kid, it's much more stressful because I put so much pressure on myself to like keep him alive and like yeah. just like on this on the very fundamental level and and whatever. But I think I think that it's like kind of I think it's probably working me in the right ways yeah. if I had if I had a guess. Like it's a lot of stress, but I think it's just like he's in school now. Is what he's in school now? Right right the second he's in daycare, oh, I think I meant like in, in his life. Like he's what, four now? Three. He's you know, he's almost three okay. and he goes to daycare four or five days a week. Oh, so he's um, the same he's the same uh, age as my girlfriend's kid, two and a half. Yeah. He's two and a half. Um yeah, so yeah, this, my kid goes to daycare and then I get I have him like thirty percent of the time or something like that. Oh. And, I, and I often struggle within myself if it's if I'm doing the right amount of time or I should be doing because I could in reality do more, but also it's like I get super burnout. I'm like I was doing way more time before and it was kind of uh, boring and blah, blah, blah. So like, it's like 30% with the mom and then the rest of the time is at daycare with like a babysitter. I have, I have him. Yeah. I have him every other weekend uh-huh. for Friday. Like I'll pick him up Friday today at three, keep him until 11 on Sunday uh-huh. every other week. And then during the week I'll have him two nights. Like I'll pick him up at gotcha. three through 11. In the next so I don't know what percentage that is. But yeah. Yeah. Cause I was thinking, uh, you know, like I've taken different views. It's not that I'm like really stepdadding, but I'm kind of in that role, but like, yeah. Like uh, her and her baby daddy, like they, they switch off every day because they live close to each other. I'm like, wow, this seems so much easier than two parents being in the same house with a kid around all the time. Because like even I, I don't have any responsibilities for the kid, but like I feel like I need a break at times. But I love it when he's around. Like I, I love hanging with him and playing with him and stuff. Yeah. A lot of people that I've been, that I talk to that I, in my view aren't that aware often say that kids that come from broken homes – it's just like so obvious to tell and it's like so much worse. 
I don't know. I, it, it seems hard for me to wrap my head around that because I know universally for me, I was not meant to be with my baby mama. Yeah. So it's hard, it's hard for me to, to grasp the fact that the universe is punishing me or my kid for that truth. Yeah, I know a lot of, I know a lot of, I I mean, the the family dynamic is, I mean, if that's just what they know and they have like positive adult like figures, not that I know shit about parenting, but like, like my, my, uh, my boxing trainer growing up, him and his baby mama were never together, but they always lived across the street and ate dinner together every night, even though they hated, they kind of hated each other, but like they, right. I mean, that's pretty great. That's, that's a pretty awesome thing for sure. That's a little bit different than living like what I'm doing with my baby mama but yeah I don't, I don't know it's 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 tough to say it's, it's tough to say what is what's helping a kid and what's hurting a kid and and all that you know i try to do what's right but i don't know yeah i don't i mean just from like being a coach and hearing a lot of people talk about their parents and complain about their parents i think the only thing in my you know unexpert opinion of what makes you a good parent is not being insecure because whether parents mean well or don't mean well they seem to fuck up their kids if they're insecure you just pass on your insecurities so that's what i think as someone who doesn't have kids but are you insecure? Am I insecure? Like, where are you? Like, like, do you, what is the thing that you dislike about the way your parents raised you? Well, that's exactly it. My parents are so good. Like they were so well-intending that they, they literally read a bunch of parenting books and like how to raise me. But I mean, if I could blame, I don't want to blame anything on them, but I, they definitely passed on their insecurities to me. Like neuroses around people and like, like stuff like that, which is just like their, their weaknesses that they couldn't help that, you know, they would have, want to get rid of so that's your experience yeah. right and you're you're hit with the insecurity fucking thing yeah but like you could have been hit with a lot of things you could have been hit with like the lack of attention yeah. or like just you know every these kids are valuing their, their self-worth you know i was hit with a lot of the insecurity thing too but i think that you're speaking directly from your well definitely i mean i don't, I don't know but i'm also like you know hearing a lot of of my clients talk about their their family life like there's there's well-meaning parents and not well-meaning parents and i think the lack of attention is just another way of you know, externalizing your insecurity because if you were you, if you were secure as a parent, you probably wouldn't be negligent. I don't know that for sure, that's but good. that's good. that's good. That's definitely good. I think I do that a lot. Like I I, I zone out because I am not secure in my parent. Yeah, oh, it was funny. I th- I would have thought because like I I was talking. I forget who I was talking with, but um, like there's the anxious attachment style and the avoidant attachment style, and like anxious parents are like overbearing, and they usually create avoidant kids because their kids are trying to get away from them, and then they grew up to be avoidant parents and they have anxious kids because they're, they're, they're never giving their kids enough attention. I thought you were an atta- anxious parent because you, you actually seem anxious. Yeah, I, actually, I take it all back. Yeah. I take it all back. So if anything, if this theory is correct, then Luke is going to grow up to be avoidant because his dad gave him too much attention and then you can have anxious grandkids. Wow. <laughs> and that's just how it, how, that's how it goes until someone gets I secure. Think, I think as a parent, anything that feels like forced or like you're really trying hard to like get something through to your kid is almost always going to backfire. Hmm. I think it's like almost like the one taste philosophy of like doing what feels good to you, you know, doing what, you know, also is an integrity, but like more of, of that energy of like, and I think that living a joyful parent in life will promote the best things for your kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like having fun with it yourself yeah. is going most fun for your kid and the most serving for your kid. Yeah. Which sucks because like that's well, not my rap. unless unless your insecurities man like manifest as being like a sadist where you like fuck up your kid for your enjoyment. I'm sure that exists. I mean I know that exists in some level. Anyway, I don't know. I've been thinking about kids a lot. Like uh I didn't tell you this because I haven't seen you in a while, but like I had an abortion last year. 
and wow. uh, nonstop been thinking about kids since. Uh, and like, you know, now I'm dating a mom and uh, maybe like, wow, this is the experience. I mean, obviously I was attracted to a mom. I've been thinking about kids nonstop. Uh, but now I'm like, well, I don't really, I, now I have this stepdad experience kind of, and like, I'm clear I don't want to have kids yet because <laughs> I want to like travel and stuff, but yeah. it's a whole thing. So what, the, the abortion thing, like, how do you think that it's, uh, how do you think that it's uh, affected you? It, it, it fucked me up. <laughs> like it was, it was someone I wasn't dating. Uh, and like, I was just like an emotional wreck, even though like she, she, the, the, when she told me, she's like, don't worry, I'm getting an abortion. I'm like, but like, are you sure? Like that, that's like how I felt. Like I felt like a part of my body activated to like be a dad. Like, I don't know. It's like a, some hormonal shift. But I want to be responsible all of a sudden. And it lasted like a few months where I was like, dad, like I, I'm, I'm a dad. Like that's just how I felt. Right. Even after she had the abortion, I still felt like that a little bit. And so like now, like where are you at? In terms of like, so like I think these things are traumatic events, right? Mm -hmm. and, and lots of women that I've dated that have had abortions, it seems like there's something that goes on there that like really is traumatic and like can fuck them up and like can be a place yeah. where they lose awareness. Yeah. Well, I, I want to say like I'm sure what I experienced is like one percent of what a woman actually experiences through an abortion. Like, nothing happens to my body; it's all in my mind, right? But like I definitely felt like I don't agree. I don't agree with that. Maybe, I mean, nothing happened, like nothing, no one, like nothing happened in my body, you know? Yeah, nothing happened in your body, so fucking what? Like, like <laughs> you, you were a big part of like the, what happened to you happened. Like that was, you know, you guys were, you guys were going through the thing together, I think. And, and the, just the ideology or in your mind, like you were going to have a kid or then yeah. I'm sure and then you didn't. And then I think that you went, I don't know. Well, I definitely, I definitely felt like emotions. I, so anyway, like. It's about all that. So like like three two months after the abortion, I did an ayahuasca journey in Peru, and like I had an eighteen year trip of raising a kid. Like I was just tripping, like seeing all these scenes of like taking him home for like you know having him as a baby, and then taking him to school, and then taking him to college, and like random scenes where I'm like telling him to do his homework or like you know fighting because he punched a kid in school, like all these things. Like and then I took him to college, and then like my trip was over. So I feel like that was like my way of like completing the cycle in my mind of the kid that wasn't born. How did it feel? Like, how did it feel to go through that? Uh, I was like crying the whole time. And I was like, wow, that was incredible. And then I was like nostalgic because it wasn't going to happen, but I kind of experienced like a hallucination of it. So yeah. that's, I don't know. Like, what, why do you think you got that? Why do you think that's what you got? Why do you think you got the message? Why do you think I got what? Like, why did you think ayahuasca showed you that? Um, I think it's like what I wanted to see at like a soul level or I wanted, you know, like I would have spent, I would have definitely spent months like thinking about what it would have been like to have like a six month old and then a year old. And then like, until I probably, until probably I have actual children, I probably would have thought about that the entire time. So overall you would say that it like comforted you? Yeah. I mean, it was bittersweet because it's like, oh, that's the kid that is not going to exist. You know, even if I have kids, obviously it's not going to be the same as the hallucination. It was just like a creation of my mind. Or unless you believe that I saw another dimension, which maybe it's also what happened. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, he had a name, uh, you know, he had a personality, Francisco, <laughs> which I think came from, I bought a car from a guy named Francisco like a month before that. And I was also staying on Francisco Street in this town in Peru. So I think that's probably where it came from. But that was his name. And I was like, oh, I mean, I had a nickname for him. I called him Cisco. For like 18 years, I called him Cisco. Uh, 
And then, yeah, <laughs> it took him to Mount Rushmore because that's where I, my mind took took us, I guess. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, he, he hooked up with one of my friends who was like a 45-year-old at that point in the future. I was like, bye, good for you, man. <laughs> like, I'm, wow. I'm a cool dad. Like, we could talk about it. That's amazing. I, I want. I desire to do ayahuasca again. Yeah, it was. That was the the best experience. And I also heard in that experience, like I felt like the ayahuasca was telling me, like you don't need to come, don't keep coming back here. Like I did ayahuasca one more time after that. It was super painful, and I feel like the plant was just telling me, like don't fuck with this shit anymore. Like enjoy the material world. Yeah. 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 Only ayahuasca does that, supposedly, where it tells you to stop doing it. But how did it tell you to How did you feel that as though it told you to stop? Like you I got that really? Right when I felt like it kicking in, what I felt was like I was communicating with like the grandmother spirit, which I mean, I've asked, I asked like an expert on this on the podcast, like, was it that I was actually talking to a spirit or was it just me thinking? Because everyone who does ayahuasca tells me like it's the grandmother spirit. So that was my mind just primed for that. And you're just like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's like, all right. right. But I felt like I was having a dialogue with, uh, with the spirit. I felt like, cause you know, you, you puke and I, and I felt like I was asking the grandmother, like, Hey, I don't want to throw up. Cause I really hate throwing up. Can I just take a big dump afterwards? And she was like, yeah. And that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it matters if it was the grandmother's. Yeah. I mean, it could have been my subconscious. Because, it could have been the spirit, whatever. Yeah. Just because I think, you know, everything is like sort of like long. So yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I don't we know. are the grandmother spirit. You and I are the yeah, same. Yeah. Oh, I am. I'm <laughs> Sweet. So you're at your new crib in Philly. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I read this book, uh, "The Art of Tidying Up," and it's all oh, about yeah. like it's all about like keeping only things in your house that you derive joy from. Yeah. I feel like I've done a pretty good job at that, and then also the whole like tidy thing, which is like massively important for me i i don't keep anything out really yeah and i feel like it massively changed my energy levels in my life. i think it's so true your environment yeah. uh like i learned that at one taste like we would clean the friggin floorboards every morning yeah. but it really does affect your attention and how you feel you know making your bed is important all that crap which i don't always do but i know it's important yeah it's so e- it's so easy to breeze through that shit you know what i'm saying like, it's so easy to not live mindful existence like i'm never living a fucking mindful existence and it's not i don't know it's hard but but then like i just think but i'm not even talking about the mindfulness part of it. i'm just talking about from like an energetic level of having everything clean it just was like i'm stress i'm stressing way less yeah and like, my energy and I, i've like lost a lot of weight since i moved in uh-huh. i've working out a ton more and I feel like more like proactive about like my spiritual journey, like everything. I think it's just like been positive as a result of it. So I think it's like really important. That's cool. And are you cleaning it yourself? Do you feel like that? No. Okay. Uh, I, I guess I'm clean every every couple weeks, but I'm like tidying it myself. Okay. You know, it's a process of like putting. And I think it all like directly ties back to the mindfulness bit, where it's like if you're actually fully mindful, you're not going to have you're not going to have yeah. shit in your house. You know what I'm saying? Because you're like. You're completing tasks. You're you're not in a rush. You're you know you're whatever. We're always in a rush. It's crazy. Yeah, that was one thing. A challenge about moving in with someone with a kid was that there's, there's always shit around, uh, and I would kind of get mad at her for a while. But I was like, well, yeah, it's really stressful running around chasing a kid, putting his like right now. I'm looking around like his clothes and toys are in the living room. Uh, yeah, for sure. For me, for me, it's just mayhem. When he's here, like everything's out the window. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's part of the stretch too. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. Yeah. 
You, you still have a gym in your basement? Is that where you work out? No, I, I just joined a Lifetime Fitness. Actually, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's like this massive, like, cult uh, gym. It's like CrossFit? You know? No, it's, it's just an actual gym, mm-hmm. but they have, like, it's like a city. It's like, shoot, they have all these classes. And I, my body is telling me that, like, all I want to do is yoga. Huh. Like, it's not, it's not like, because I'm thinking about it, like, actually, grand scheme things, what I'm actually looking for. Like, I can't, my body doesn't, uh, uh, react well to like weights and stuff like that and like just like the whole like mind body spirit it used to be really big into weights right don't you have like a 500 pound squat or something like that yeah yeah yeah. i'm i'm a, I have good lower body strength but my body's fucked up i have a, I have a real bad shoulder huh. like four, four surgeries and like so like that's like i also think like a message from like something that like i just shouldn't be doing that yeah it's not like you ever, and i think you ever think about doing think okay. like the what you ever think about doing jujitsu I did. I did have thoughts because I feel like I really have like this like inner animal inside yeah. of me that wants to like kill and like. But I don't know. I I think I'm scared of the, the cardio aspect. Of it's it. not. It's not that bad. Really, like, it's it's easier. Rolling for 90 minutes, I think, is comparable to doing a 90 minute Bikram yoga. I mean, obviously, you're working your muscles. You're fighting someone, but the more you learn, the more you learn how to not use your muscle strength so much. I think you would love it. Because it's got like a lot of the flexibility stuff, but it's like you're, you have to be mindful of your body. But then you're also trying to kill the other person, which is fun. But you don't get hurt because you're not punching each other. Yeah, I just started doing. I find a lot of subconscious fears for me not not getting into it. Like there's a million that you could think of of why you wouldn't want to get into it. But I don't. I don't. I don't feel particularly drawn. Really? To hmm. Yeah, like I'm a big believer in like intuition and what I feel gotcha. drawn to. And like you know, I don't feel necessarily drawn to it for the reason. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Figure it might be a thing, but I, yeah, I love it. I just got it. I'm kind of upset that I didn't get into it sooner because I've been, in, I've been drawn to it for like 10 years, but I only got into it this year. Are you good? No, I mean, not, not compared to someone else, but like I'm more athletic than a lot of beginners and like I used yes. to wrestle. So like I have that, but like, yeah, I get choked out every, every, every time I go <laughs> or something. But you really enjoy it. Though. I love it because like it has all like the masculine, like, killer instinct stuff without like having to worry about getting hurt like you can like I, i'll get choked out by someone better than me like 10 times in an hour and it's like i died 10 times because he could have killed me but obviously there's no consequences so like it's cool yeah that's that sounds awesome yeah and it's super satisfying when you when you actually tap someone especially as a beginner it's like oh shit i actually i could have broken his arm or i could have like you know it's like i fucking love it right yeah yeah I did a uh, I did a past life regression. Did I tell you about no. that? Um, so like I, I just felt some there's something I felt drawn to, and uh, so I just like called up this lady, met with her, and I really trusted this lady. Like I really liked this 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 woman's energy. Um, so I just like talked to her about my life for like two hours, and then you know she had me get. You ever do hypnotherapy? Yeah, a long time ago. So it's very similar to that. Like uh-huh. she was just like you know like getting me in a calm state, like meditative state i definitely wasn't like in some sort of trance or something like that and then she just started asking me questions and i started off like in the woods like randomly like this shit just started popping into my brain I'm like i'm in the woods it's dark i'm scared like i don't know what's going on and she took me through this guy's life and this guy's life was he was born he had no major love attachments in his life like his mom was a cokehead and like not there his dad was just like dead or like i i, I knew nothing about his and this dad. Was supposed to be you in the past Yes. And, and as far as I gathered, it was like my, the very past life that I had, huh. like this guy died in like early eighties or something like that. Um, and so, uh, he was raised by his grandmother who hated him. Um, 
he he just his so like I've been depressed in my my lifetime, but like this guy's depression, say my my depression that I've experienced here, his was like below the floor. Mm-hmm. Like I've never experienced emotionally what it felt like to be that. And when I say depressed, it's just like you're just like dead. Like there's just like nothing going on in your world. Mm-hmm. You're just like in misery. Like it's like I've never experienced anything like that. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and this guy, you know, he all had an off and on relationship with his mom that was really shitty. Um, and just like, and, and also made me, uh, it made me empathize with people who walk around. Like I would judge people that would walk around and be like clearly fucking miserable. And be like, uh, you know what I'm saying? But now I'll be like, that was me then. Like that mm-hmm. was me because I had no love or joy in my life whatsoever. So it's like, I say that, like, I believe that people are a product, a product of like how they were raised and like the things that they've had in their life, but I'm not actually, I'm not actually like living it or embodying it. Mm-hmm because of my judgments and whatnot. Uh, so this guy ended up uh, uh, killing himself in the woods, trying to kill himself with a gun and then, then shot himself in the head. And mm-hmm. I experienced like what it felt like to like die, which wow. was like awesome. It was great. Like it was, it was, I mean, also this, this could be in my head too. Cause I don't know that I like viscerally felt it, but like, it felt like all of like the anxieties, all of the tension, all of the whatever. And I felt like that in my own life too. I've also always felt like not like being suicidal or something, but being like, being like, there's just too much going on in my world right now. Like I have so much anxiety, so much shit pumping. Like I just need a fucking break. You know what I'm saying? Did you read, um, I'm becoming an alchemist. Uh, like I, I, I've been, I'm six years into that book and I've read. (laughs) Well, she has a thing about past life regression and like that book obviously has like far out stuff like angels and whatever. But like she says, like, she's done a bunch of past life regressions and every time they tell her something different, like, Oh, in your last life, you're like a native American who got beheaded. And then in another life, you're like a medieval Joan of Arc woman who got beheaded and is always beheaded. So her take on it is that they're not actually seeing your past life. They're like reading some sort of emotional pattern in you. So like for her, like the beheading was like a metaphor for like not having a voice or something. Right. So like, I totally, yeah, so like maybe it was just like she was like reading your emotional background and then like creating this like story that like reflects your internal state. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm not sold on if it's like actually a real thing that happened. This woman seemed to think so. But, yeah, I mean, you have yeah. to, I guess, if you're a past life person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but not, I don't even know necessarily. You just use as a tool that's helpful. You yeah, know? you could call it something else. What? You could call it something else. Like just yeah. like internal hallucinations probably not as fun (laughs) (laughs) i I, i've been interested recently i just started dating this girl that's very into spirituality like very into spirituality like angels deities uh like she also does reiki um whatever and i I find it really interesting and also disconcerting that these people that are in the spiritual realm of that nature like you know like the alchemist thing like reminded me of it they often say there's lots of like like the spiritual world isn't all great it's not all good like there's a lot of like bad shit in it good overtakes bad but like there's a lot of like you got to be careful you got to like check Wait, yourself by spiritual world you mean like the non-physical world or like just people who do spirituality the, the non-physical oh, world yeah. like, like like talking about like you know like summoning like angels and like uh you know connecting with energies of yeah. like deep that are whatever and it's like really like being careful about that stuff, which scares the fuck out of me. I'm like, fuck, like, I don't want to like, yeah, it was, I, I did this meditation recently, which was Archangel Michael. And I felt really cool as a result of it. Like I felt like, I felt like I felt something. And she's like, you got to make sure that you request Archangel Michael in this certain way. Like you, you request mm-hmm. the one that has unconditional love and loves you fully. 
Because if not, you don't know what you're going to get. You might get some like mimic out there. That I'm like, what? Like that, Yeah, that I've always been resistant. Out. I mean, I obviously believe in a lot of shit, but like spirits have like been hard for me. But I had someone on my podcast to ask. She talks to spirits like every day. And she was saying, she was saying the same thing though. Like you could call in someone who's trying to trick you or a demon or even my friend who was telling me like you meet spirits when you're on ayahuasca. Like if they, if they approach you from the side, don't trust them because they might be fucking with you. Right. And I always wanted to think like if I did ever see an angel, I would just trust that it was awesome and there for my benefit. Totally. I know I'm a massive. Yeah. yeah. I'm a massive. Oh, on that ayahuasca trip, I had a guy, I had like, you, you watch Rick and Morty? No. Okay. Well, have you seen Birdman? No. Oh. Did you watch Mighty Max as a kid? <laughs> All right, anyway. Mighty Max? Uh, sort of, I think. Well, anyway, anyway, I had this spirit come to me from the side who's like carrying a sword, but he was kind of a Birdman. And it was a combination of like all these characters that I just mentioned. Yeah. And, and he was like, oh, I'm the reason why you can do these risky things and never get hurt. I'm the reason why you can go into one taste and your mind is okay and all that stuff. I, I protect you from evil spirits that they, people send at you. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, thanks, I guess. He's like, well, I'm kind of bored because uh, you haven't done anything risky in a while. I have nothing to do. So like, go do more risky shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, there's a spirit. But then I got out and I talked to my friend. He's like, if he came to you from your side, he might not be trustworthy. And then the next, but I'm like, all right, so this guy's on my left. That weekend, I got in two motorcycle accidents and both times I fell on my left. It was like something happened on that side. Could have been a coincidence. Maybe he got mad that I talked to him, talked to people about it, if there is such a thing. I don't know. I mean, but it's just weird that I would hurt. I might, my, my thumb is still broken um, from my left side after talking Dude, to you. I would believe it. I would believe whatever that kid, your friend was saying. I would believe. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if I'm pissing him off right now by talking about him. Maybe he's going to. Yeah, I know. I know, I know. But then, then you yeah, could be paranoid forever. I, I would think you want to come from the fucking place of like, fuck this guy. Of like, of like I'm going to say what I want and I'm not going to let him, his power like overtake my actions and thoughts. As I say that, though, I'm the biggest bitch ever. I'm like, yeah. I'm well, I'm just hoping that whether he's good, if he's good, I hope that he forgives me and he understands my fears. If he's bad, I hope that I have someone else that I can't see protecting me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, or that, I, I all that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I like to believe it. I like to believe the positive stuff. I like to think that I have a guardian angel hooking me up. Uh, yeah. I always think of the, yeah, I always think of the positive stuff. Too. Yeah. yeah. I want to, like, look at the negative at all. Yeah. But all these things. Oh, and also, I... Uh, I was reading this book on um, astral projection and like how to leave your body. And like, and I did it once and I sat up and I felt, felt someone touching me and I got freaked out and I just, I sat back down. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause that was that's the whole point. Like you feel people touch. I read another book about like taking on a spirit lover and I thought that was a little too far out, but I tried it too, but I felt someone touching me. Uh, so I was like, Oh, I mean, I might've just Dude, been tripping. Like, you don't know anything. Like we know yeah. so little actually goes on in this world but but i think me and you specifically we're like everyone has different skills and everyone has different spiritual things we're not people that like really connect with those things that much i don't think whereas i think for other for other people and for whatever reason it's always women for me they, yeah. they, they connect a lot with that side and i just don't think that i'm particularly gifted in that way well, i think you and i do more than most dudes like most guys wouldn't even have this conversation right yeah like so yeah that's that's been the role like even at one taste like we were like the more like normal guys right yeah i mean yeah we're more like in our bodies and like more yeah, like we're more like practical about stuff which is not necessarily a good thing either but like it's like a whole scale of like energetic to rational yeah 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 i i, I have you ever heard of john of god oh yeah actually my friend who was talking to about the ayahuasca stuff he's at john of god's place right now studying with john of god 
in Brazil? Yeah. Yeah, I want to, I'm going to go with the woman that took me on the past life. Uh, oh, direction. I've always been pulled to him, too. Like, I saw him on Oprah. Huh. And I felt like he, do you know about anything about him? He does like healings and stuff. No, I just know that he does miracle shit. Yeah, crazy. Like, I, I just like so bizarre to me because, like, I just can't not believe it. It seems so obvious. Hmm. Like, thousands of people go to see him like every month or whatever. Um, and you go down and like you bring him whatever you want to get fixed. Like, for me, I kind of just want to go and do the experience and like see what he can do for me, like, spiritually. And also, I have my shoulders fucked up, and it's always bothered me for the past like X amount of years. I want to see if you can do something about that, but I just think it's going to be like a big, a big breakthrough for me. So when are you going? Uh, I don't know. the The lady, like next trip that she goes on, she said somewhere between Thanksgiving and December. Okay. Thanksgiving. So um, I'm going to try to go that. I'm like Sweet. super. Well, I definitely want to talk to you afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds nuts. We just like oh my god this, this date that i went on this date that i went on last night me and this girl uh she we, we are it was, this is the first time we had met and it was our plan to sit in 30 minutes for silence oh shit yeah but like i was kind of disappointed because like she claimed you know she, she is very like spiritual and very she's like massively yeah. aware and also massively down to earth which i've like never seen like in someone that i've dated or something like that but she couldn't handle. Yeah, that, that's that's a skill I think we picked up at one taste specific, like the intense, like not just vulnerability, but like intense vulnerability. Like I'm going to yeah, stare yeah. at you till you cry, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like also for me in poker, I think I, I, I stare a lot oh, too. Yeah. But I think I think much more in one taste. But I think I think I I learned much more in one taste. And and like I I could just see like how she was con- like she couldn't sit in it at all. Yeah. She was constantly laughing or like constantly like joking about it and constantly changing like her face and whatever. But. But then I was impressed with it after. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen that a lot. With, like both men and women. Not that I'm staring at guys that often, but uh, yeah, it's just you know sensation. Like we yeah. we did a lot of like eye gaze, like intense eye gaze to get one. Taste. I know. Like we did a lot of cool shit. But, like I'm I'm really happy that we did, we did a lot. Of yeah. That stuff. But yeah, I don't think people are as aware when it comes to that stuff of like why they're like detracting from sensation. Yeah. Or what, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that people are nearly as aware of what you are. I think also the norm is to not like, it's normal to like giggle. Like everyone would think you're normal. So like yeah. to be the guy who doesn't giggle when you're staring at someone is kind of weird. So I think yeah. you, I only gave myself permission to even do that in being in a room of other people who did that. To do that, to do the staring. Yeah. Like they change what's what, what you think is normal. So then you're like, Oh, I guess I'll be super fucking intense now. Because. Right. Yeah. No. And I, I. I do too. That's like how like with vulnerabilities too. I think. Yeah. It's also way easier to be vulnerable with people that like aren't in your real life. Like I'm. I, I went on. I, I went on this uh, Nicole coaching circle, and it's very easy for me to be, you know, just completely myself to people that I'm never going to fucking see again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, with, with the eye staring thing, I just remember this one time I was doing a Kadiad where like they walk around try to distract you, and you have to focus on the person you're talking to. And I remember yeah. like feeling like someone was like rubbing like heat into my face and then rubbing it into my like side. And I look and it's Eli staring at me and it's like, I could feel his vision. Like he stared at my dick to like, like throw me off. And I felt like, I felt like someone was like touching my, my balls or something. Like I was like, that was, that was crazy. I think there is something to that. That's something crazy. I believe in. Uh, and what, what, what exactly? Like you can feel a person's attention on you. Oh yeah. I, I felt it. I, I couldn't see him, but I felt like, heat on right. my face but isn't there like some sort of like uh quantum physics thing that says that the, the atom or something actually changes once attention is given to it uh kind i mean kind of i think that will like the heisenberg uncertainty principle gets bastardized it's basically like 
you can't know the position and velocity of a particle at the same time because once you look at it, it changes. Uh, or once right. you observe it, but like I think it gets twisted. But like there's the book, The Sense of Getting Stared At, where he has all these experiments of how you could feel someone staring at the back of your head. Yeah, I, I think there's something to it, that. I think that seems pretty basic to me. Yeah. I, I definitely not. Yeah, I just never, I never experienced it so intensely as that time. But that makes sense why it feels so comfortable to stare at someone because like you feel them in you. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Rachel Sherwood's called me uh, oh, yeah. on the phone like, right before I was going to. I just remember right the second. She called, me the phone, she called me on the phone right before I was about to do this date. And I was like, I'm about to do something really weird. Let me call you later. And so I'm going to call it today. Can't imagine. It oh, it was yesterday? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could guess what it would be about. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's links on Facebook, so maybe she, she'll log in. Watch. Oh, well, she's watching right now. I mean, it's, no, no one's watching right now, but possible. She could if she wanted to. It's interesting. I've been really open about talking about cult stuff in public now, even though I'm friends with all of them on Facebook. And I just, I don't know, at some point I just like stop caring. Yeah, I know. I feel weird about it too. Like I kind of wanted to like talk about like the Eli thing and like whatever, but yeah, I feel kind of weird about it too. Cause I don't want to be like judge or I want to, I don't want to like talk badly about something. Not that I necessarily have a lot of bad things to say. But. Yeah. What gave me the confidence of ultimately was one, like no, no longer needing anyone's approval, which I learned at one taste. And then also yeah. like really being committed to what I think is the truth, which I also learned at One Taste. It just so happens some of my truth is anti One Taste, you know. That's massive, dude. That that's that's very admirable. I look up to you in that regard in terms of of being massively connected to the truth, and then Thanks. also being being massively connected to non approval. Because I'm not there yet. I'm definitely not there. Yet. Well, I remember we used to have conversations about truth a lot. Like like when we were gonna live together, we we're gonna do like 20 hours of practices a day, and you're like, yeah, like everything we're gonna say is gonna be truth. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. We, oh my God. <laughs> we've said that a lot. Like we're gonna live together. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but it's. it's I don't just don't think it's possible. Like I just don't think it. Because you don't have access. Like I, I always say, I always use the analogy to lifting weights. Like if you're lifting, if your max is 150, you just can't lift 200. So like if your max is saying something like this much vulnerable, you can't do this much vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? I think that that it's like all muscles that are being being worked and stuff like that. I can't just tell you everything that's honest all the time. Is something might be way too uncomfortable for me to handle. You know? You kind of lost me there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think like I lost a lot of people. There. So like vulnerability. Like like I remember someone said this to Nicole. They said. I can't be always vulnerable all the time. And she's like, me neither. Like, what, what do you think? Like, like, of course not. Because like, I think that, that we have a vulnerability level that's like this. So like, we couldn't say something that's like the most vulnerable thing in the world saying up here, but we could maybe go to like this exact point. Mm -hmm. But like, it, it's, it's, that's why I use the analogy with lifting weights. Like if, if your max, oh, yeah. is, if your max is 150, you can't lift 200. Like I can't say something that's so fucking vulnerable that it's, it's past my, like, I feel like I'll need to say that I can possibly say it in six months after I work up to that point. But it's like but you physically can't, like what would happen if you did? It's a process. It's like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's why I think people have a hard time understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, actually, no, I mean, to your point though, uh, I had a client once who, uh, I gave him like, I'll try to keep things anonymous, but I gave him just an exercise to talk, like write out what he would say to his family if he could. And he, and, and you're not going to send it. Like, it's not like you yeah. call them up and talk to them. He couldn't even write it down because he, he knew he felt things, but he didn't even know what he felt. And I was like, oh, wow, you're so afraid of what you would feel that you can't even see it to yourself. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I'm a big believer in, yeah. in that. That's what I always tell people when, when I'm trying to like help them with something. Yeah. Like, 
I have a friend that's like trying to get out of a bad marriage. And I'm like, you know, you can't do it because I know from my experience, like you can't get out of something that, that is very difficult for you to do until you're like fully ready. Like you just can't, like it's everything is a process. So like, I try to get, because, because when someone tells you just do this, like, you know, just do this. Like, and you're like, I just, it's not out of my range of doing, I think it's actually actually harmful to the person to say that because then they think that they're fucked up because they can't. Yeah. One thing I'm realizing with my workaholism, bringing it back to that is like, if you do the the right thing, but you're not like feeling it, it's not going to give you the result, even if it's like the perfect thing anyway. Like, because sometimes I do a lot of the right things productive wise, but nothing happens because like, I feel like I'm just like pushing myself because I wrote down that I was going to do it. And it doesn't work. Right. You're not, you're, not funnel, you're not funneling directly from your intuition. You're yeah. funneling from your man-made ideas of what is going to project you further in advance or whatever. Yeah. I've been listening to Esther Hicks a lot too. Do you, you know them? I know the Abraham Hicks stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I have nothing to hear about. I just started listening to Oh, that's stuff. weird. I, I, I knew of them for the longest time, but like, you know, she, she supposedly channels the spirit called Abraham. And I was like, that's dumb. Like, like yeah, but now I'm listening to it because like, whatever, but it doesn't matter. Like it actually is great information, but she's, she talks about the same thing. Like get on, like get in the vortex the way she puts it. And then everything works. If you can do I'll the right thing. About I, I just briefly like started looking at some of the stuff. I listened to a few of the meditation, but tell me what like the vortex is. Or if she calls it the high flying disc or like he, the, the spirit calls it the high flying disc. Like it's like a plane of being where you're doing what feels good and you're like in alignment. And like she, she breaks down what it is. It's kind of vague with the way I'm saying it. But like when you're in that place, then everything's easy. It's like being in flow or being turned on or whatever. And like, I, I just forget that all the time. And she's like, you just need to remember, like, you know, it all, it's all the cliches, like being grateful, all that stuff, like being where you are, being present. Um, and then things work. I think I, live in that, I think I live in that space a lot. Like I feel like I really trust my intuition a ton, like a ton. Uh, but, but I, yeah, you're pretty skeptical when it comes to, to, to these things. You know, to be honest, I believe in it at all. To be honest, part of my skeptic, well, one, I'm afraid of like believing in something that's not real. Like I just have that fear always that probably comes from my dad. He's a scientist. But also um, part of it is that I try to come off as more skeptical than I am so that people who listen to me on the internet don't think I'm an idiot. Right. That's <laughs> awesome. That's great. And I even say that, like, I, I'm probably not even as skeptical as I say, because I actually, I, I'm starting to believe in Abraham type stuff, but. Right. I mean, in my, in my rational mind, it's just like, how the fuck has someone come up with this Abraham fucking thing when it's not rooted in any sort of truth whatsoever? Like, it's like where there's smoke, there's fucking fire, usually. Like, where the fuck do these people, you know, like come up with this shit? Well, it could like, also, I mean, it could be like, you know, a split personality. Like, she thinks she's channeling it, but it's really just her subconscious. <laughs> You know, I mean, but who cares ultimately? Like I, for, for a long time at one chase, I thought I was directly talking to God because I, th- I had these voices in my head and it wasn't always good advice that I was getting, but like, who cares? Like, I was listening to my intuition. I was just, you know, or it was some spirit talking to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel it. Like I, I definitely feel like I feel, I mean, just like I'm feeling drawn to things. I think yeah. it's like pretty, I'm, I'm a pretty feel, I'm a pretty feel player. Yeah, I'm finding that that's the only thing that really works. Feeling, yeah. feeling into, yeah, feeling your intuition. You're, yeah. you're being guided by, you're being guided by what created you. Like we're created, yeah. and like I'm not trying to saying this to sound like weird or something, but you're being guided by what you feel and what created you. Yeah, the same thing that made that sperm find your mom's egg. Yeah, yeah, sexual energy. But I think a lot of people aren't in touch as much as they should be. They're, well, it's tough. You got to calibrate. They're putting a lot of pressure on themselves. Like yeah. I'm nothing. 
dust. You know what I'm saying? Like, like my brain isn't telling me anything. I really that's that great. I don't, I don't think. You know, you know, like something that's come to me recently is that I'm trying to not feel special because a lot of the feel good stuff is like trying to tell you that you're this special being. I'm like, I actually feel less pressure to think I'm not special. I'm just like a hunk of meat. I'm one of like seven billion people, and let me just do shit. And like that, that feels better to me recently. That's good. Yeah, that's my point. Cool. All right, we, we we hit an hour. This is this flew by. This was super fun. Uh, we should we should hang more. <laughs> I'll see you in the year. Yeah, I'll see you in the new year. Or I mean, I, I do want to. I'm going to be in New York soon. I want to come visit yeah. you. But I mean, like we're going to do a podcast probably in another year. So I'll see you people in a year. But yeah, whenever you want to hang out. Yeah, or, or sooner, maybe you know, every half year. I want so I want to talk to you after John and God. But I also want to visit your crib in real life. Yeah. So let's do all those things. Do you have anything you want to plug? Chirperm.com. Is that it? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you can find my podcast. I just did one on tournamentpokeredge.com, but it's like a lot of poker stuff. Like, but I also talk about life. So if you're into poker, you'll like it. And then also, I want to plug Bitcoin because it's the wave of the future, and that's how I'm going to get super rich. You know, it's at, so, it's at forty five hundred bucks now. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of trading with the other coins. I'm like actually mostly in this other coin called Nia. Huh. Sweating. How do you? So. Or I'll ask you this. That'll be another because I've been buying Litecoin yeah. and Ethereum on Coinbase. They only have those three. Coinbase sucks. You need to use Bittrex.com. Bittrex. B-I-T-T-R-E-X.com. B-I-T-T-R-E-X. All right. Got a little financial tip right at the end. Uh, yeah. Love you, man. I'll talk to you yeah, whenever I talk to you next. This was very, I felt this was very in flow. Like, I feel yeah. very connected to you in a way that, like, I don't feel the need to, like, make shit up or, like, do anything. Yeah. Like, I just... I feel very I much feel myself, too, which I don't always... Yeah. I mean, I yeah, have other I, things to do now, but, like... Uh, we should we should do a longer like block off longer time next time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. All right, man. Peace, bro. Peace. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to be a part of the virtual audience for future episodes, make sure to follow me at crowdcast.io/ruando. See you next time.